Hello. Today we are talking on the podcast about being the saint that is you. One of the ways that we can do that is to be present in the liturgical season that we are in. There is a new resource that will help you with that called Living the Seasons by Erica Tig Campbell. And she is the founder of Be a Heart. And I love, love, love Be a Heart. I am one of their affiliates. So if you go to beaheart.com forward slash Annie Harton, you can uh, get your discounts there on anything in her store. Um, I have so many things from her and I love everything that she she creates whether it's for your child whether it's for you um, it always points you back to the faith of the church and how to be the saint that is you she just wrote wrote this book called living the seasons with Ave Maria press and if you go to Ave Maria press.com forward slash seasons 57 or I think seasons 57 is in the discount code. Um, You will get a discount on this copy. And this book helps you to live the seasons well. Uh, You can go through the calendar and find different crafts, find different prayers, find different ways to celebrate. Coming up is St. John Paul II. Uh, So it says go on a hike or go swimming, practice forgiveness, make a be not afraid shirt or bag. Um, All Saints Day is coming up, so it says different ideas for that, or how to throw an All Saints Day party, all kinds of, all kinds of great things in this book. So it's a great coffee table book uh, for your whole family. So check this out, Ave Maria Press, discount code SEASONS57, and I look forward to celebrating the seasons with you. Welcome back to the You Are More podcast, where we learn how to live outside the box and love inside the bounds of God's perfect plan. My name is Annie Harton, the founder and CEO of You Are More LLC in Indianapolis, Indiana. This episode is a conversation with Anne-Marie Clopey. She is an author, designer, and helps Catholic single women find their worth and contribute to the world. I'm excited to hear more about her story. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Thank you. Thank you so much, Annie. Can you provide us with a brief introduction of yourself and how you enjoy spending your time and possibly even how we've gotten connected? Absolutely. So I wanted to be an interior designer since I was eight years old after pouring through JCPenney home catalogs. And I was one of my neighbors doing that. And she was like, Anne-Marie, this can actually be a job. You can do this for a living. And I, I didn't believe her because I'm like, that's got to be the best job ever. And ever since then, I actually went to Steubenville for four years, got a minor mm-hmm. in theology, business major, and but interior design was still in my heart. And so I went on for interior design. And since then, for the last 20 years, I've been a kitchen designer. And recently, I think since COVID and just all these different situations came up with this perfect storm where I was able to redesign my life. And I was like, okay, what do I really want to do? And ever since three years ago, the Holy Spirit, and I lost my job, by the way. So I, I had some, I had a lot of time to think and to process and to pray. And I feel like I've been on fire ever since. And I felt like I'm kind of transitioning slowly from an interior designer of homes to an interior designer 
for single Catholic women and like really help them recognize who they are and that they can contribute and their life should not be on hold. And one of my favorite um, sayings from St. Irenaeus, that is like the motto of my life is the glory of God is man fully alive. And what does that mean? And I wanna help, uh, help women understand what that means to be fully alive and to become a good steward and to surround yourself by good solid friends because no matter what state in life you're in like we are we were gifted with this stewardship and it's up to us to figure out what to do with our talents how we're going to steward our time and especially for single women we have a lot of time. It's, it's up to us to figure out how to spend that time. We don't have anyone, generally speaking, making those decisions for us. And to whom much is given, much is required. And so what is our morning routine? What is our evening routine? How much time do we spend in prayer and spiritual reading? And so I'm loving that. And then also I was on a retreat a couple of years ago and two, I, two books just came out of me. Um, and I can talk about those later on if you want yeah. to, but we're both on the apostles. One is called A Letter to Judas, and it's not at all what you think. And then the second one is called I Am Simon, The Untold Story of Simon of Cyrene. Both very, very timely books for what we're going through in our culture today, which, which requires a lot of strength. And yet we all need to recognize that we are here for a reason. God knew that every single one of us would be alive today in this culture to fight it and to embrace that instead of being like, why was I born now? <laughs> Out of any yeah. time in history, why now this world is like turning upside down, but there's a reason that each and every one of us is here. I love that. And every time I think about the apostles, I think of the chosen and how much I love their depiction as friends and as people and we're recording this on the feast of saint james i mean you had an experience walking the camino me too and yeah and you too so this is a perfect perfect day uh to to reflect on journey and to reflect on getting to know the saints as human beings and as pilgrims and um that they're more than just just their labels so on that note what are some boxes or labels that you have been stuck in, or maybe those that you have been serving or writing, writing for? What are some boxes that have, that have kind of held you back? Well, I think I probably even got this from your own book is that we are more than our status. We are so much more than our status, whether that's a single mom or, or married or, or a nun, whatever it is, we are each one of us called to contribute in our own way. And it's so easy to get stuck in comparison and thinking, what do I have to offer? I mean, as a single person, I go into rooms and people just struggle. Like, Ooh, what should I talk to Anne-Marie about? I mean, I can see that. That's an assumption. Mm -hmm. I can see them act like they're struggling <laughs> be like, Oh, how's your job? Because we can't ask you about your kids. Oh. Or, or school or how, what grade they're in. Then that made me pay attention. That's what a lot of people talk about. It's like their kids. Like people don't even ask really about how are you as the mother of the mm -hmm. kids. So it's just, it's just interesting just paying attention and being aware of just kind of all the deflections. Nobody really talks about themselves, but to, to, yeah, to recognize that. And so much more, not only but of our status, but so much more than our job title 
Um, and as women, uh, oftentimes we're aunts, we're sisters, we're friends. But most importantly, and this is something I've learned in the last year, and I'm still working on defining that and recognizing what that means to me, is our identity as a daughter of God. So, which makes us a princess. And knowing that we're a princess, how do we show up every day? How do we dress? How do we compose ourselves? How are we, how do we act when we interact with other people? Are we reflecting Christ? Are we recognizing Christ in them? And etc. So yes, I think there's a few different labels that are easy to get stuck in, but to recognize that we're so much more than that. Yeah, I love that. And you know, reflecting on um the gospel today about um James and John's parents asking about being at the right and the left hand of of the Lord. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. And so that kind of came to mind when you said, when people ask general questions of how are your kids, what's your job like, all of this, that we don't really stop and realize that we're asking them about their box. We're asking them about something that may hurt more than help if there's something that we had just gone through and no one had asked us about um, our hearts or um, something about our relationships, but people stay away from anything that that could offend or anything that could um, kind of bring up something vulnerable, even though that is exactly what we need to do sometimes is say, okay, we know that you are human. We know that you are feeling this. She's hurt. And it's through being vulnerable that you really connect with people, but you have to go out on a limb and, and ask those questions or answer those questions because we're all just craving to connect. We're just, we're striving to connect with people and go on that deeper level. And you had mentioned earlier just about conversations. And I lived with yeah. one of my old roommates, I think it was her uncle would always say, so Carrie, that was her name. How is God working in your life? Mm-hmm. And she really honored that question because, because it was different. It, it made her think, but it also made her feel like she was included. And that's how we should all feel because we're all part of the body of Christ. <laughs> but it's a good question to ask. So how are you, how is God working in your life? But then also what makes them aware of how God is working in their life, which is something they may not have thought about in a while and what they can be grateful for too. Love that. So what have, what has taught you to live outside the box and how have you learned to be fully alive? And what does, what does that mean to you? Ooh, there's a few things. Um, first of all, a friend of mine just texted me happy feast day of St. James. James was my dad's name and he, he passed away in 2020. And I have four siblings, the three of us, three of us girls at all different times went, walked parts of the Camino placed our hands on the shoulders of St. James, which he probably did as well, and prayed for my dad. And there's a secondary feast day of St. James, which is April 30th. And that's when my dad died. I didn't realize that until a couple of days later. But yeah, it's just, it's very interesting that we're having this conversation on the feast day of St. James. So and my mom passed away when I was 23. So just recognizing how fast life is. And I'm going to hold up this tape measure. You can see it possibly right here. Yeah. And 
this is something my dad would always do to people that he'd meet. He'd say, you know what? The average man lives to be 76 years old. And he'd show the, he'd show them a tape measure and see like, okay, you are currently 52. You have this much left of your life. What are you gonna do with it? <laughs> and I'm 44. So if this is 44 right here, I can literally tear that, throw all this, all these 44 inches away and be like, okay, my mom died at 53. My dad actually did die at 76. <laughs> and I may have this much left, maybe a foot left, or I may have an inch left, or I could die in an accident mm. tonight. How am I going to contribute? How will I use this time well? Because all of this time, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you are struggling with little kids at home is a gift. And we are called to use it wisely. So I would say recognize just like the value of the tape measure and then the influence that my parents had on my life for the short amount of time that they were in my life. And just recognizing like, wow, we spend so much time and energy. I do still ruminating <laughs> things I can't even mm -hmm. control when I could be diverting that energy to something productive and something good, true and beautiful. And so mm -hmm. that is what I'm working on right now. That's so powerful to hear about um, the impact of your parents and of your upbringing and especially St. James and how that will be a constant reminder um, for you and inspiring you to live your best life fully alive. And my grandpa's name was James and not, not this week. And I got to teach him about St. James because he wasn't Catholic. And I told him a few days before he died about St. James. And he was just so enthralled that, you know, a saint that shared his name. And it was, it was really special that I'll always remember that connection um, during that last week of his life. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. St. James, pray for us. That's, pray for us. That's how you have learned how to live outside the box. So what have, what have been some experiences for you in writing your books in reflecting on the saints, helping single women, what has stood out to you in, in helping them, um, or reflecting on how others have lived outside the box? Well, one of the things that I really want to emulate through my books, is, but children of all ages, like whether you are two years old or 98 years old or 110 years old, you will get something out of, out of this message. And you had mentioned that Chosen earlier was going on in the background of just my brain. And I was just completely enthralled with the whole story because it humanizes everything. And that's something we don't always get to see very well. And so Simon of Cyrene, according to Emmerich, she was, I think, a visionary and just through watching the passion was reluctant to carry Jesus, the cross mm -hmm. of Jesus. And all was like, he may not have even have known who he was. And yet in my story, he was forced to carry the cross. I mean, he was, he was forced to carry the cross of mm -hmm. Jesus. And in the story, I made him a widow. So he was like missing his mom, his, his wife, sorry. And he embraced this cross with Jesus and walked with him. And every single step, his grief seemed to lessen. And that is what is possible when we unite our sufferings with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when we can recognize Jesus and everyone that we meet, especially the people that really are lost or or need help 
and but to recognize Jesus in, in all those people. And in my book, A Letter to Judas, this is how it begins. It begins, Dear Judas, I've been looking for you. I know we've had our problems in the past, and I can only speak for myself, but the decisions I made last night shattered me. And it just goes on and on about this person who's writing this letter. And he was like, didn't anybody in that undoubtedly large crowd last night speak up on Jesus' defense? Yeah, I didn't say a word. In fact, I wasn't even there. And it's just like, I spent three years, the last three years of my life, he was my best friend. I left my wife to follow him and just all of this pain and anguish. And it's written, and it just ends as I hope to see you soon. Love, Peter. And Peter persevered. Peter, Peter like wasn't even there at the moment. His best friend needed him the most. And it's so easy to be like, I could never do that. I could never follow Jesus that way without recognizing that Peter didn't either. <laughs> he didn't follow Jesus the way he always wanted to, but he tried and he went back and he persevered and he did not give up. And that is what we're all called to do as well. And this is, he became the Pope, the very first Pope of our Catholic church. Every single Pope can be traced back to St. Peter this man who completely denied even knowing mm -hmm. God. And so when we can recognize that too, um, we have so much potential. <laughs> we can do so much. And all, and, but also recognizing that there were 12 apostles, 12, and 11 of them became saints and they all hung out together. So rec like, think about who you're spending time with because mm. you are the average of the five people that you spend time with. And to really pay attention to that because eternity is a very long time. Yeah, it is. And one of the most unique parts about The Chosen is all the backstory mm -hmm. and how we can see faith influencing how they see themselves and how they see their situation. Um, just like what you're, you were saying is we see Judas before he even starts to follow. We see, we see Simon Peter before he starts to follow and to know that the power of faith, when we see ourselves as beloved children of God, then everything else kind of appears in a different light. So how, how has your faith impacted your story and your understanding of, of these different hats that you may wear or these different uh, situations that you may find yourself in? It completely affects it because I, this analogy that I've told people about eternity and when I view my life in the realms of compared to how long is eternity, it kind of, make, it kind of shapes you up <laughs> pretty quickly. And just, and reading the lives of the saints. I just finished the Sister Faustina's diary. Right now I'm reading for the second time, The Fulfillment of All Desire, one of my favorite books. And, um, but this analogy is this, this little bird, once a year, flies to the top of the highest mountain in the whole entire world. And it scratches it one time with its beak and scratches the mountaintop. Then it flies back down, waits a whole entire year, then it flies to the top of the mountain and scrapes the mountaintop once, flies back down. When that mountain is completely leveled to the ground, because of how many times it's been scratched by that little beak of the bird, 
that gives you a glimpse of how long eternity is. That's a long time. It's a really long time. And because I can't even take a pebble and like make a dent with my fingernail, you know? Um, and to rec yeah, just recognition, recognition, the power of the sacraments. And to pray, to pray grace, to to increase your belief every single day. And to frequent confession a couple weeks through the every other week. And just to do that daily examination every night before you go to bed. How did I spend my day? What could I have done better? To make amends when you can, to pray for people that that are in your life for a reason that may be difficult, <laughs> that they're mm -hmm. they're there, but they're there. They're there to teach you even possibly how to forgive, also how to love. There is all different types of personalities in the world. So like how how are we loving each of them? Because they're in our life for a reason too. I love that. And that's it's all about weeds in our garden to to know the recent recent gospel and really thinking of that eternal view of will there be more weeds or wheat that's that's the father mike schmidt's asking in his homily that at the end of time when we do run out of time will we be uh, preparing that you know that um, fruitfulness will we will we giving back will we be living a life that is full and yeah just providing great great wheat and and, and fruit and I think that's a really important uh, conviction and reflection in preparing for reconciliation, as you're saying, that the more yeah. that we're preparing our hearts and saying, what weeds do I need to get out of here that are, that are up time and energy and all the lies about our identity that need to be pushed away. Absolutely. So complete the sense. I am more than. I guess for me, I am more than a single woman who has nothing to offer the world. <laughs> and because I have time, like how I kind of assess my talents. How can I gifts? What are my charisms? And really dive into that because we're also called to be contributors to the world. And so I would say that I am more than than a single woman who has nothing to give, who <laughs> can't provide. Love that. Love that. Um, how can yeah. people get connected with you? I have a website. It's www.annemarieclobie.com and it's spelled A-N-N-E hyphen M-A-R-I-E-K-L-O-B as in boy E, annemarieclobie.com. And right away, there'll be a pop-up, which you're probably used to seeing. <laughs> and it's for a free morning routine, highly worth it, but that will get you on my email. And I frequently do summits for Catholic single women, which means I, I, and which Annie was, has been a part of, yeah. and I interview 20 to 30 people at a time and it's complimentary event. It's a free event. And you can just come and listen to these interviews, which kind of help you with where you're at as a single woman through various topics. Also on my website is a section for books and get, um, you can also get them through Amazon or I can even sign them and send them to you and autograph them. But yes, that is the best way to get to get a hold of me. I also frequently host free webinars mm -hmm. and I'm preparing for a five-day challenge. And so between challenges, seminars, and um, and summits, I'm also a, a Catholic coach for Catholic single women. And I have this six-month program that there's a little bit more information on my website but also just like through the emails that you'll be receiving, there's some information about that too. So 
definitely get a hold of me. I know there seems to be a scarcity for resources and support, which is why I dove into this because I guess if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. <laughs> you're not yeah. just gonna sit back and complain, like, okay, I'm in this boat too. How can I help others? Because we're all on our journey. We're all on a journey towards eternity and we are called to help each other out. Yeah, I love and respect that so much. And when God has placed something on your heart and you see a need for a certain ministry, then you say, if not me, who? Not now, when? (laughs) Yeah, if not now, when? So you're like, well, I guess if I feel the need for this and I just sit back and wait for someone else to do it, then then you're not using using the tech God has placed in you so that you can be fully alive because when we do work that God has intended us to do, it doesn't feel so much like work and it brings us joy because that's what we were created, created to, to do. do. And mm-hmm. yeah. so and I will be continuing to connect with you and share those uh, opportunities uh, with with my with my community as well since I think it's so important, especially for singles and for those in every season of life to know that that does not define you no matter where you are in your life. And so we have that special shared, shared passion at this population. And we'll see each other at the Catholic singles conference as well. And just excited to see what God does in both of our lives. Definitely. Me too. It's been an adventure. (laughs) So thank you so much for your time today. And I look forward to having you on again, I'm sure. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Annie. Okay.